This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Adjustment. See, Warren, you didn't you didn't remind me on the on the the sound. So we actually all of that all of that was great. It, it just didn't, it didn't make you. the air. I, I was listening when you came back, so I didn't. <laughs> Here, and so I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, make sure you do the sound first before you do the introduction. And then I, I went to automatic pilot and did the introduction, but I was fortunately looking at the, the sound. So, but, but anyway, um, welcome to our guest, uh, EA Salkovitz. And uh, we appreciate you being on the show today. And hopefully we're going to be able to provide a lot of great information. I know you're uh, really excited about uh, what you have to offer. So, so tell me a little bit about Givers University. For sure. And uh, again, thank you. Uh, I, I think your platform uh, that uh, yourself, uh, Leanne and Warren, that both of you put out, uh, I think is awesome. And to be able to help people and being a commercial pilot, not by trade, but just became a commercial pilot to fly my own planes at the earlier age. Uh, I appreciate a reference of altitude adjustment. So I, <laughs> when I saw that title, I thought, I'm going to love this guy. These, these guys are going to be great. So uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, uh, Givers University is very unique in that we've really hit a chord. We're teaching something that we have realized because of the response is simply not being taught. May I demonstrate by a question? Sure. If I was to ask your listeners, think about the fires that you've been stomping out every day. Think about the times during the day when your stress level spikes and goes up. Think about the conversations you have during the day that at the end of the conversation, you go, man, I don't even know what we just talked about. Other than I don't have any energy left. They just took all my energy from me, as we call energy drainers. One thing is in common with all of your listeners, I'm sure that they would have to agree with this, with all those fires they stomp out, with all the times their stress level spike or the conversations with energy drainers, they all have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. And what we do at Givers University is first I wanna share with you, and I say this emphatically, we love everybody. We love everybody. But what we do is we teach people to discern and separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. And we teach them to discern and make that distinguishing so that, and we teach them, look for the certain things, look for these certain deeds. So when we label, when we use a label, we're not labeling people. We don't label people. We label the deeds of those people. So we say giver, we're labeling the deeds. When we say taker, we're labeling the deeds, not the person. So mm -hmm. what we teach at Givers University is how to discern. What do you look for? As an example, if right now, uh, if someone had itchy eyes or runny nose, I could assume they probably have a cold. Now, I'm not able to see the cold, but I can see the symptoms. So what we do is we teach people, look at the symptoms and that will help you understand the cold. Or in this instance, look at the deeds of the person, the specific things they're doing. And from watching that, you may wanna decide, okay, I like those deeds, those are ones I want. And because of that, I wanna pull that person in closer to me and become a part of my giver community. Or by contrast, if I see certain deeds, that are not the kind of deeds I want to be associated with, maybe I should start respectfully distancing myself from them. Mm -hmm. Not nasty, very respectfully, but also just saying, you know, because what happens is takers bring with them what we call the three Ds of a taker, defeatism, disruption, and destruction. So they bring those three Ds with them. So what happens is when we have them in our life, we become unwilling participants and we become collateral damage. Hmm. And so now what happens is your listeners end up stomping out fires that are not of their own creation. They end up having conversations with people that cause their levels, the stress levels to spike. 
or the energy drainers, as we call them also. So we teach people how to dramatically increase their productivity by being discerning. No one's teaching people how to discern today. So, it's all so fast, you know? It's ha it, companies open and closing, products antiquated overnight. And, and, and there's only one thing we have left, gentlemen, when all that's done, our relationships. So, and no one's teaching us how to slow down and start discerning. So, so when you say <clears throat> separate the deeds from the person, how do you separate the deeds from the person when you know that the person uh, committed those deeds willingly? It's a great question. Uh, and, and, and the willingness part is a real critical part. And you're, you're getting into now the thing, the, you know, the real details of what we train because that's part of the uh, discernment process of being able to break something down all the way to the part to where you can no longer say, how do I do that? In other words, breaking down as an example, um, we'll sort of jump ahead a little bit from some of the information I like to cover in my interviews, but some of the things we teach to your point, Leon, is we teach the six arrows that takers shoot at you that most people don't even know are being shot at them. And as a result, they don't understand why they're in pain and they're bleeding all day. It's because they're getting shot these arrows. So we, we're actually gonna give these to your listeners, by the way, we're gonna give them these six arrows, but I'll hit, I'll, I'll touch on one or two of them to answer your question for you, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. One of them is that you'll see the taker switch from a fact-based moral high ground conversation to a low ground personal attack conversation. In other words, they can, and you can, when, as soon as the personal attack comes out, you don't know what you're talking about, or you don't know me, or you don't know my life, or yeah. As soon as the personal attacks are coming, you know right then they just fell off the high moral ground. They can no longer talk about the facts. Now they have to attack you. When, and, and so that's one of the things you'll see that a taker's deeds will do, and they'll do it willingly. And the reason they'll do it willingly, Leon, is because we have statistically proven that about 20% of the population are givers. That means you put this 20% willingly, by the way, to your point, you put them in any situation, business, social, family, doesn't matter. Within a short period of time, they will start giving to it. They will start contributing. They will start investing in it. They will start building it up. They're givers. That's what they do. They're wired that way. By contrast, the other extreme of the Grand Canyon, we've got the takers who also incidentally are 20% of the population, who <laughs> when you put them in any situation, they will begin to take from it morally, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. They will figure a way to take from it. That's what they do. They're wired that way. The 60% in the middle... Those are called fencers. We call them fencers because they sit on the fence. They act like givers when they're givers. They act like takers when they're takers. They can be great relationships, but we need to manage those. So what do we want to do is we want to have Leanne, those 20% around us who willingly, to your question and your point, who willingly are wired that way. And we want to learn to discern so that we can respectfully distance ourselves from the people who are willingly doing the deeds that we don't want to have in our life because we're not going to want to stamp out those fires when they bring them with them into our life. Mm -hmm. So the, you're right, it is willing. And then the third course, we actually, digressing, um, Givers University is actually built on a foundation of three books called Give to Be Great. The first book is, which is actually a book and audio course that they get through the university audio. Uh, there's 16 audio lessons and the giver's mindset is the first thing we teach. How does a giver think? They think differently than takers. Second is called the giver's lifestyle. Here's where we get into the question you just asked Leon about what, when they do it willingly, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we teach people how to discern the habits. Here's the 30 habits we teach in the course. Here's the 30 habits that when you see a person doing this over and over and over again, you know that that's a giver. And here's the 30 habits of takers. When you see them do these things, we actually give it to them in a checklist. I mean, they actually have a checklist and they look at it and they go, 
oh my god does this need to be taught no one's teaching this i don't you know because it immediately starts to strike a chord when people start seeing it it's sort of like when you're getting ready to buy a green car all of a sudden you see all the green cars on the road mm -hmm. you know it's the same thing they look at it and they go oh this is great i you know this is the checklist i'm going to be able to start living by because it we we start to learn what to watch other people other people do so uh we have six arrows and it's one of the things we, we're going to give absolutely give to your listeners we want them to have it because these are important skills that just aren't being taught today you know you know we're ta being taught about self-improvement you i'm a self-improvement geek i'm sure you guys are too you gentlemen like to self-improve and self-grow all the time and that's a great thing i'm for it i love it but no one's teaching us what about the other guy what about when he's not doing it right what do i do then do I just pull them into my life and I willingly watch my productivity go through the floor, watch my stress levels spike and get my energy drained all the time because of I'm now collateral damage? Or should I discern and learn, be observant of these certain common denominators? And when I see the deeds, remember, we, we love everybody. We're not labeling people. When I see these deeds, now I start to think, hmm. Should I pull this person in closer or should I begin respectfully distancing myself? So that, that's part of what we cover as it relates to, you know, what, when they do it willingly, mm -hmm. they do it willingly. We also teach them how to get out of taker mode too. In the third course, which is called the giver's lifelong learning, mm -hmm. we teach them how to do what we call a data reset, D-A-T-A, -A, data research, mm -hmm. a reset. Declare and turn around declare and turn around data. We teach people how and, that, and how they can get out of that taker mode and get into the giver mode and start willingly. Cause I, I loved your word when you said it, I'll be, I'm I, Leon. That's a perfect word. I'd be jumping. I'm going to be jumping up and down on that word all our interview. Cause it, it is true that people are doing this willingly and no one's saying, Hey, uh, look at this. <laughs> Take a look at this. Maybe you should consider an alternative uh, paradigm. Well, here, here's, here's, um, one of the things that I was uh, thinking about as you was explaining that was uh, you made the statement that they're wired that way. So that givers and takers are wired to be givers and takers. Um, if they're wired that way, um, and so you mentioned providing them steps to make changes in that. Um, if they're wired that way, let's say they're, let's say they're a taker. And they, and they get feedback that their actions are causing other people emotional and stress. And what I know about takers is takers care less about your stress and only about their stress. And no matter how much feedback you give them, they will always deflect. It is always your fault. It is always someone else's fault. It is always never their responsibility to make changes. It's never their responsibility to do anything. It's always you. What did you do? How did you make me feel? Even when um, you're saying to them, your actions have caused me great distress. So, so what, so if they've reached a point where they're asking you for help, what brings them to that, that level? Because they've spent whatever it was that brought them to that level of behavior. They've spent a lot of time developing that. So, so what they have to want that change that, that has to come from within themselves. Can it come from outside of themselves? Absolutely. Um, and great question. And inc incidentally enough, Leon, you actually nailed one of the other arrows are the six arrows. One of the other arrows is as follows. Transference of guilt from the taker to the giver. That's what takers do. They try to transfer the guilt and say, you made me angry, which actually that's not even an accurate statement. We can allow other people, we can allow them to make us angry, but they can't make us angry. Correct. We have to let them do that. Uh, and uh, you did it to me. You made me do it. Just like you mentioned those use. So that's actually one of the arrows, Leon. You're right on the money, buddy. I mean, that's that's transference of guilt 
from the taker who's speaking on trying to put it on the giver. That's one of the arrows. They love to do that. So wow. what we do is the they're wired that way is not an eternal wiring. It's not eternal. In other words, when they're wired that way, for whatever the reasons are, there, there's multiple of reasons that sure. can bring those about. Mm -hmm. Once they reach that point, of you, as you have mentioned, where they say, okay, I, 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 I need to take a look at it. And one of the best ways someone listening to this podcast and what you and Warren are providing, one of the best things I would recommend is that you share this podcast with those who are takers for all your listeners that are listening, because especially if it's someone you love and they may be close to you and you say, man, how do I broach a subject with this person? Cause I love them. You know, I don't want them to feel bad, but, but at the same point, you know, this needs to be brought up because of, you know, they've caused the distress or they're doing this on an ongoing basis. How do I broach a subject in a comfortable way so that it's productive and not non-productive? One of the best ways is that they could share altitude adjustment with them, share the podcast and say, hey, you know, and all they have to do is just say, you know what? I heard this great podcast and it was really thought provoking. And I liked it. Mm -hmm. Do me a favor, listen to it and give me your opinion on it. What a great way to help them maybe open their minds a little bit that maybe they're doing a little bit too much taking, but at the same time, the person that shared it becomes the beneficiary because if their minds do get open, that's one less fire. They got to be stomping out. So your podcast is part of that answer <laughs> to that well, equation, which I here's, love. Here's, here's the thing here. So, um, so I think that that's a great idea. Um, but dealing with a taker is exhaustive to the point that after you've done it for so long, it no longer matters. They've beaten you. Numb. They've beaten you to a pulp. They've beaten you to the point of where you no longer want to engage. If you, let's say you hand them the podcast, you're still trying. You're still giving that effort. You're still making that attempt. And if you fail one more time, that's one more thing that you, as the giver, have to put down in your book as, well, I, I tried this. I tried to be nice. I tried to say, ouch. I tried, you know, uh, you're doing this wrong. Um, you know, try to understand me. And that's one more opportunity for them to be takers. I, I guess I just don't know there are some people you can reach. There are some people I truly believe you cannot reach. For sure. <laughs> you know, that scenario you described, uh, can I call you EA? Absolutely, I prefer it. Yeah, that 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 scenario you just described, it reminds me so much of what I go through with my son who happens to be schizophrenic and, ha mm -hmm. and disabled. Mm -hmm. And no matter how I come to him and try to, to help him or guide him in a certain area that I feel he may be deficient in, he just immediately blows up. He gets angry and he blames everything on me, you know, or somebody else. He, he never wants to take responsibility for anything. And we, it, it's just hard to get through to him. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe, maybe I just don't know how to approach it. Well, and it might just be as simple as because you're his father. I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes having an outside person having a conversation with someone can bridge that gap, which is where the podcast can come in. And I, I, I understand exactly what you mean, and I, I, I know what you mean. And I, and I think you know that's where that pot, that's where altitude adjustment can come in and say you know here's a, because when they can go in another direction, someone else can teach them. Something you wanted to teach them all along and said, I'm right here. I can help you. I can help you. But because they don't want the source, it's dad. And I don't, I'm rebelling against dad. You know, uh, they're, they're not going to be open to that. But the, but the same thing from another source might just do that. That's Mike. the beauty of these kinds of podcasts like you have. Okay. That makes yep. sense. And, and, and one of the things I want to share with you on this, uh, my <clears throat> business mentor taught me uh, was that it's very important to understand the following when we're a giver. When you're a giver, people will take advantage of you, but you are never diminished. 
I say that again because it's a really important point that many people miss. When you're a giver, people will take advantage of you. They will expect it. They're gonna. That's what they do. They're taking, they're take advantage people. Take advantage, take. See the word take in there, take mm -hmm. advantage. Sure. So they, they, they are going to, but that doesn't mean you're diminished. That just means they lose. Because what happens is that's going to come back to you from another person. It'll come back from another source, another business interest that will come back in another way. So, and, and one of the things we say is simple. Givers gain, takers lose. Hmm. Which side of the, which team you want? Well, you know, I, um, you're optimistic. And I like to be optimistic. But it's too many times in business where I've seen um, the takers uh, take from the individual, like um, they'll take credit for a team's efforts. They'll take credit for another individual's work and they'll get a promotion out of it. And the other people that they took from are still struggling to move forward. You're right. That person is not diminished, but their work has been co-opted. Their efforts have been co-opted. Um, and it happens a lot in business. This is not, so when you say 20%, um, there have been times I looked and I thought that whole 20% was right here inside this particular company. <laughs> I gotcha. So, so I understand that. And, and so that the givers have to be optimistic because, because they're not going to take from other people. They're always going to try to contribute to build. That's what, that's what givers do. Like you said, in your first part, they give to the situation. They invest in the situation because they see the benefit for themselves and the people around them. Takers see what's invest, what's best for them. Mm -hmm. And they will take your efforts because it's best for them. And so, um, I don't know how to be optimistic about that. Because Here's one of the ways we can help you with that. It's a great question. Now you're getting to the point. You're getting to the whole point of this is why we discern so that we never get in that position to begin with or it cuts it down. In other words, when we can discern and we can start to see it coming at us from a distance because we know what to look for. Now what happens is we're not in that position anymore. You know, uh, uh, I was trained in uh, martial arts uh, in years past in my early 20s and used to instruct. And one of the things that they said was the best because it's self-defense, right? It's not aggressive defense. And they said one of the best self-defense things is when the punch comes, don't be there. <laughs> don't be present. <laughs> don't, right? It's going to be hard to get hurt if you're not there anymore. So, right. and the, so when we teach people how to discern and we have gotten that skill set of the details to look for like as an example in the in the giver's mindset the first course we have the six arrows that we teach i mentioned we also have identified 25 do's there's a 25 do's that givers do the things to watch them do when you're doing it and the 25 things that takers do so when you identify these deeds remember we're not labeling the person. When we identify the deeds, we can start saying up front, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this because the destination of this is it's going to seem like all 20% is in, going to, in this company because mm -hmm. th th that's the destination. So why go down the path when we can steer away from it in the beginning and save all of that heart heartache and unproductive time? I learned these things, gentlemen, because of my three major defeats in my life, all of which caused me to learn about being blindsided by takers. Mm -hmm. So one of the best ways, not be there. And how do we do that? Discern up front. Do I want to pull this person in closer? Because no one's thinking those thoughts today. Do I want to pull this person closer and have them a part of being my giver community, which includes wisdom, wealth, and wellness? Or should I be discerning and push and start to in a nice way, respectfully distance myself from the collateral damage that's inevitable because I didn't discern up front. So we teach discernment. We simply say, givers earn three times more 
because givers discern three times more. Okay, that makes sense. So it was through my major defeats, and uh, and and I have to, I share with you, I, I have been so blessed with some just extraordinary circumstances in my life that allowed me to meet some extraordinary people and prepare me for extraordinary defeats. <laughs> and my business mentor taught me, he said, don't use the word failure. He said, you know, failure has like an eternal ring to it. Yeah. He said, label things as a temporary defeat. And he said, because one of the things that happens with a temporary defeat is, yeah, you got tackled. <laughs> but when you look around, you're going to realize you got a first down. You're back in the game. Mm -hmm. And he taught me the following phrase, drilled it in me. Every adversity, not some, not a few. Every adversity carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. When we look for those seeds, it's up to us and our leadership to be able to learn, what do I look for? How do I discern part of that thought process that everyone's so fast today, no one's thinking anymore. Right. Yeah. They're moving too fast. So do you think that, um, that the understanding of this givers takers dynamic has been around for a while and we just overlooked it or is advances in uh, interpersonal relationships, bringing out more information about this dynamic. I'm going to go with C <laughs> all the above. <laughs> Both a and B. All right. So first of all, I'm a firm believer that there's nothing new under the sun. You know, it's biblical. There's nothing new under the sun, you know, and, uh, and, and it's true. If we want to look at history, if you want to look at the future, look backwards. If you want to see farther in the future, look farther backwards. It's all there. There's nothing new under the sun. There really isn't. It comes back repackaged. It comes back relabeled. It comes. I'll give you an example. I was the son of a milkman. My father was a milkman. I lived in Chicago. He had a, his own little one horse, you know, not a horse, literally, but one man distributorship. Uh, and uh, for twin, a company called Twin Oaks in Chicago. And back then, at, when he delivered milk, it was in glass jugs mm -hmm. and there was a box outside the house that the milk went in and the eggs and the juice went in and there was money in the box. And you know what? Amazing. I know you guys remember this. Mm -hmm. No one touched the money. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew that was the milkman money, you know, and he, and they put it, it was, just, it, and, but now look, and then all of a sudden having stuff, the, you know, food and stuff delivered to your home disappeared. Yep. What has happened in the last year? Look at what's happened in the last year and what do we get delivered to our home now? All kinds of food yeah. and milk and everything else. All, all the grocery stores picking it up. Whatever the dynamic that causes the shift, it came around again. Mm -hmm. Now you're getting milk delivered back to your house again for whatever the reason. All right. And, and one and, thing, though, <laughs> we've got all these porch pirates now. <laughs> oh, boy, isn't that the truth? Isn't it? So some of these videos are hysterical. I mean, AJ, you see, you look at some of these people and you go, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Well, you know, it's certainly under the you know dumbest person act, you know, or they, you, get, you look right. at some of these people and what they do, oh, but, but you know what they are? They're takers. Mm -hmm. And you know what they're doing? Here's the thing. Once we really understand this gentlemen, is that they're really only taking from themselves. The temporary damage they do is temporary, but factually they're only taking from themselves because a true giver will always find that seed and they will build on it. Can I share with you uh, it, not only a, 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 an interesting story of someone extraordinary that I met uh, that really sort of helped me going forward in my life, but my first major defeat, because it's really to that point of what happens when someone's a taker and what what's their payoff when that happens. Can I share that with you? Sure, absolutely. Sure. Um, I actually, you know, uh, I mentioned I'm son of a milkman, and then I raised myself up. On my first big rung of success, I went way up and I became a janitor. <laughs> that was my, my big step in success. Now, I didn't mind that because business was always picking up. What? Anyway, so, the, uh, the, so here we are going through this thing being a janitor. And I was able to be bonded at 16 years old. And wow. I'm, I'm living in Chicago at this point. Uh, and, you know, it was basically an insurance bond for me to go in expensive places. And in the first 30 years of my life was in Chicago. And I lived outside of an area called, uh, outside of Chicago, a place called 
the greater Oak Brook area, right? Mm -hmm. Which is also where the McDonald's World Headquarters was. So one of the homes I cleaned every week was June Martino, who had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's. Have either of you gentlemen seen the movie The Founder with Michael Keaton? I have not. About no. with uh, with McDonald's, he tells us it's about the McDonald's story. It's very Hollywoodized, but anyway, in the movie, he is he keeps talking to his secretary outside his office, June. That's her. That's the lady in real life. I mean, obviously that's an actress, but I'm talking to the real one. Mm -hmm. So I, I was so. And she was, you know, she's worth all these zeros. I'm fingers and toes. I couldn't even count how many zeros she's worth. Third most controlling stock in McDonald's. So I'm cleaning her house every week. She saw me. I saw she was always very approachable, very nice, easy to talk to. I always said hi. I always said hi back. And she knew who I was. And one day she was in an extra good mood. And I thought, man, this is my chance. I'm going to ask her. So I did, mustered up my courage. And I went up to her and I said, June. And she goes, yes. She knew who I was, you know. I said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. And I said, uh, could you tell me about it? She said, what? And I said, well, the whole McDonald's thing. I'm not kidding you. I asked her in the morning. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen, and the entire day told me the entire story from the very beginning all the way through till the very moment we were sitting. She even had the maids and butlers bringing in food in the kitchen so she could keep telling me the story. I mean, it was all day long. And she told me about a time, and if you've seen the movie, they actually referenced this. The movie was very Hollywoodized, as you would probably guess, sure. you know, but but <clears throat> there were certain germane effects, you know, there were there were certain events that were you know portrayed, at least that that did happen. And there was a time when in the beginning, Ray had, you know, I don't know, something like a dozen restaurants. I don't remember the number is off the top of my head, but he had a, a number of them open and he wasn't making enough. So he was actually underwater. He had more money going out than coming in. He could not afford to pay June. So they made an agreement that she would pay him in stock in a worthless company. And she would take his bill. He would take her bill collector call. So when they called asking for money, he, he would take the call so she wouldn't get rattled by the bill collector. And that was their deal. And she would keep working for him as long as she could with no pay. Wow. And I said, June, I'm a janitor. I work paycheck to paycheck. I get paid on Friday. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not going to be there Saturday. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and I said, why did you do it? And she sat back and looked at me and I could tell. Have you ever had that where someone was looking at you and you could tell they just left the room? They're staring right at you, but I know she's not home right then. Sure. And mm -hmm. no, no, this is the first time this snot no 16 year old kid Asked her a question no one's ever asked her before. Why'd you do it? And what she said, gentlemen, I'll never forget it. Not only what she said, but the way she said it, because it made the hair in the back of my neck stand up. When I said, why did you do it? She said, because I believed in Ray. Wow. And my first thought was, gentlemen, I got to find me a Ray Kroc. I've got to find a Ray Kroc. I need, I need to find someone that I could believe in, that I could trust, that could teach me all the things because I'm a burnt out son of a janitor, a son of a milkman. And my fun point of the week is getting free songs on the jukebox as I clean bowling alleys at two in the morning as a janitor. I need to find a Ray Kroc that I could learn from. And it wasn't two or three months later, I met my business mentor and he began to mentor me. And uh, I got to tell you, I was blessed that I was able to uh, be with him. And while he was mentoring me, I started another business. And that business, uh, and here's the big defeat as we get into that, as we get eventually to your your, your point that you brought up and, and what happens with you know givers and takers and when they willingly do these things, mm -hmm. because it's a good lesson. Years ago, they had a machine. I had one. You put it on your desk. And it was a voice recording machine. When someone called you, they would leave a message and it would record it. It wasn't digital or anything. You get, and I remember on one, on one side, there was a little cassette tape that I'd record my outgoing message. And I, you know, I could see heads nodding yes, right? Yeah. And on the other side was another, it was a cassette tape. For those of you listening, there was such a thing called cassette tapes. And mm -hmm. on the right side was a cassette tape for all the incoming messages, right? Whenever, and it would keep recording as long as someone keep talking. It was voice actuated. Well, I started this training company along with another gentleman. We both had 50%. This is separate from my business mentor who was mentoring me separately. 
and we, we the company was very successful it was very prosperous we had multiple offices in the chicagoland area training other companies and i left home for an hour and a half and i came home and the whole 60 minute tape for messages was used up and I thought, oh, some kids got to hold it. Because sometimes they would. They, when they realized it was recording, they would sure. start playing with it and keep playing. Right? Sure. I thought, oh, some kids played with it. And I played it back. Boy, was I in for a shock. Up to that point, probably the biggest shock in my life. Up to that point. Well, while I was gone for the hour and a half, and the tape, by the way, was exactly 60 minutes. And that was exactly the conversation. My partner, who had 50% of the company, I had the other 50% called me and left a message to call him back. That's all. It was just like, you know, a few seconds or like 10, 15 second message. And back in those days, and I know you gentlemen remember when someone was talking on the phone, if you had call waiting or three of calling, you could hear a beep that someone was calling you. It'd go beep, beep in the background. Remember? Mm -hmm. Well, as he's leaving me the message, I can hear the beep. Someone's calling him. He hit the receiver so fast on the phone that it recorded the phone conversation with him and someone else. I wasn't even home. Hmm. Okay. Now, first of all, what are the odds of that happening, right? Sure. But no. that's only part of it. The whole conversation was the step-by-step -step plan of how they were going to take over the company and kick me out. Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you, gentlemen, when you hear it in their own words, it's a little bit more emotional than if you just hear it third party. For sure. I mean, I'm hearing the plan <laughs> step by step. I mean, it's mind boggling. When you think about what are the odds of that one? You know, I mean, that's just an angel looking over my shoulder because sure. he could have called me when I was home and I would have just picked up the phone. No, right. he called when I was gone. The guy could have called him at another time. No, he called him while he was leaving me a message. When they talked, they could have talked about golf. No, they talked about the plan. Oh. So I thought, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Had you this was blindside. I had they would do something like that. Zero. Zero. Zero 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 indication. You know why? I didn't know what to look for. As Leon astutely mentioned, I'm an optimist. So I just look for the good and, and I, and I hadn't been taught. I was learning how to discern, but I hadn't, you know, my skill set wasn't there. So because of that, I just, you know, I sort of ignored all the other stuff and just figured, you know, well, he's good and that's the way it is. And I'm going to give everyone the first chance, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So just like Leon mentioned, he's exactly right. So I thought, man, what am I going to do? And I thought, man, I got, well, what is my, what has my mentor taught me? And one of the things he taught me was don't, let your emotions rule your intellect, because when you do that, you'll be in reaction mode. He said, you always want to be in responsive mode. And he gave me the example. He said, you know, in the medical community, when someone's given a treatment, if they say they're reacting, that's negative. It's not good. Mm -hmm. if they say they're responding. That's good. It's helping them. They're getting better. Right. Mm -hmm. So he said, you want to be in responsive mode, not reaction mode. He said, when you're emotions rule your intellect, you are automatically in reaction mode and you don't want to be there. He said, make sure your emotions rule your, your intellect rule your emotions. Make sure your intellect rule your emotions and you'll be in responsive mode. So I thought, okay, man. And let me tell you guys, this was a struggle. This was because I heard it in his own words. It just, it was so, you know, there's no deniability. There's nothing else. I mean, it, and I know not, I don't want him as my partner. I had no idea this was happening, Warren. This blindsided me. Well, what am I going to do? Sleepless night. I said, well, I'm going to listen to my mentor and his training. And it's tough. I got to tell you, it's tough. And he said, okay. Next day I told Jim, I said, Jim, you got to buy me out. We have seven days. I'm going to do something else with my business mentor, which was true. And I said, you've got seven days to buy me out. And we're going to draft an agreement. I'm on my way. Well, that goofed up his plans to say the least. And I did get a couple of payments on the company later on. And I have to tell you, I thought they were gifts because I'd now that I knew what kind of person he was, I didn't, you know, I didn't even think I was going to get those. Right. Right. But one year later, 12 months later, my income was over double the previous year. 12 months later, he had filed for personal bankruptcy, business bankruptcy, had gotten divorced. And I saw him at an amusement park at a distance. He didn't see me, but I saw him and I knew it was him because he was my partner. I knew who the guy was. 
and he looked like he had aged 20 years. For sure. For sure. And I went on to other bigger, better things and was doing great things with my business mentor. So here's the thing. When people, when, when people take advantage, when takers take advantage, when the giver's making the right decisions and when they're discerning properly, when they know what to look for, you see, the things we teach at Givers University is a skill set that's going to put most people above a lot of other people because people today aren't being taught how to discern. They're yeah. just taught, you know, just run, 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 me, 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 take, 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 take. And that backfires and it catches up. There's an accumulative effect that accumulates. And when it catches up, it's going to be nasty. Well, here's, here's, <clears throat> I, I, I believe our society is built around the concept of take. Um, if you look at pricing, if you look at availability, if you look at companies um, manufacturing scarcity in order to push the price up, if you, if you look at the healthcare system in the United States and why it's inferior to every other community, you have to ask the question, are we givers or are we takers? Is, is our society built on the concept of giving or taking? I, I think you're, I think, you know, what you're offering uh, is a great idea. I, I think it, it's going to benefit a lot of people to learn givers and takers and that it's going to take, it's going to change the dynamic of where we are in our society. And I think that that's important. Uh, my concern is, so if you look at, and I realize that, that it isn't all of the, uh, the, the it isn't all of the, the professional people, but a lot of uh, corporate management that I have encountered or I have seen have been, and the term type A personality didn't just pop up out of nowhere. And that type A personality is, uh, is built around the concept of takers. That, that these people are, they're aggressive and they're hard hitting and they're, they, they lack a, a clear conscience for um, what they do to other people. Um, <clears throat> there, are, there are companies that, that just take, take, take from, from employees, take, take, take from customers, um, you know, and, and I'd like to see more giving because I think it benefit it, that's the team concept is a built around giving. The team concept is built around giving. It's around everybody gives to the effort of the team so that we all can benefit. And then um, it became um, not a team game. It became who leads the team. Well, everybody leads the team. That's the whole point of a team. But it became about um, what are my personal stats? Who's the leading scorer on the team? It doesn't matter who's the leading scorer because every point that the team scores benefits the team. So the whole concept of givers and takers, uh, takers bleed into everything. They just they bleed into everything. It's about them, what they get, you know, stuff like um, – there's no I in team, but there's an I in win. Well, it's, the team game is about the team winning. It's about everybody playing, about everybody participating, about everybody being a part of the success. So I think you're offering a great product. I'd like to see it. Um, but, you know, how, how, do you, how do you think we can get that to become – a part of what we do as a society? That's a great question. And, and you've, you've raised some very provoking thoughts. Uh, and there's what I call the test of time. You see, what, what, what has really happened? If we go back, you know, a generation or two, and you think about what's being taught today in schools and what really should be taught, no one's teaching them how to discern today. No. And so what we, we've actually gone a full solid generation or more of almost literally no discernment being taught. And 
what is being taught are the very same things you just mentioned. And just because they're being taught doesn't mean they're right. And it doesn't mean they're going to stay there eternally. And things do come back around. It was taught before. The things we're teaching now, discernment was taught. There was a thing called family unit, which is under a huge attack today. Aren't the family units under attack in every direction? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and so, it, but that will come back. And who, how does that come back? It comes back from three guys talking on a podcast and sharing with other people and say, you know what? Yeah, yeah, maybe there has been a generation where this hasn't been taught. And we need to start teaching it again because we have seen the end result of when it's not taught. Mm -hmm. And that the takerism, if you will, proliferates. And it ultimately must have defeatism, disruption, and destruction. We see those same companies that do all those things you mentioned, Leanne, and when it, when it plays out, they don't win. They win short-term and it looks short-term and it's a short-term win, but not long-term. And here's the other part, our personal life. What are the three of us and the people we talk to when we put our head on our pillow at night? Are we really happy or did we just spend our day with energy drainers? Are we really extra productive or did we just watch our productivity go out the window because we've surrounded ourselves with the people we don't want to have around us? And we know we don't, but no one taught us how to look and see it coming. Hmm. How do you see it in advance? You know, I, I, I'm a commercial pilot, as I mentioned before. And one of the things they said, when you're flying a plane, when you're looking out the window, when you see the plane you're looking at out there, when it goes from that big to that big, start get concerned. <laughs> 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 because there's a reason that plane's getting bigger Absolutely. and you can see it at a distance. Start paying attention to that plane. <laughs> So, and it's coming at you fast. So you mentioned six <laughs> arrows. Yes. Can we can we get to that? Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, what we're going to do, it, and uh, compliments of your webcast, uh, we have actually a seven-question quiz that we'd like to encourage everyone, every one of your listeners to do. And the name of the quiz is, what is your givers and takers awareness IQ? What is your givers and takers awareness IQ? Seven questions, literally less than five minutes to do the entire quiz. Multiple choice. They just guess the one that they think is the right answer and they get an assessment. They get a free assessment based. How are they doing? How are you doing on your assessing? Not what you're doing per se, but what looking at and observing other people and their deeds. What, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. The first thing they get literally within minutes after they get their assessment and this all happens in minutes, They'll get the full six arrows in an okay. actual checklist form in a download that they can print off. A couple of days later, we send them the whole 25 dues, absolutely a thousand percent free. The 25 dues I mentioned from the first course, the 25 dues that givers do and the 25 dues that takers, it's a two page checklist. And when people look at it, it strikes such a chord with them and they go, oh, they broke it down into, I should be looking for these deeds. And that will help me discern when you break it down to where you can no longer say, how do I do it? It's not nebulous, broad swaths of information where you say, okay, now what? I, you know, I don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is the detail. This, you know, these are the pebbles. And so we're going to give all that to them when they do it. They go to a URL. Perhaps we can put it in the description for them. Mm -hmm. It's giversuniversity.info. Givers, plural giversuniversity.info when they go info when they go there they're actually on the first they're on the first question there's seven questions they're on the first one automatically right there on that page it's giversuniversity.info from that do it it's so rewarding and what it does is it teaches we want to invest in them see our, we have a we have a 30 year plan of what we're going to do to accomplish exactly what you mentioned Leanne and Warren how do we turn that big ship the ship's turnable, it has steering, mm -hmm. but it's gonna take a little while for that big thing to move over. And it has to do because of people like us and many others that are growing every day saying, you know what? It isn't working like this. There's gotta be more to it. And discernment we have found is a real important part. So as you go to giversuniversity.info, do the quiz, 
Start the ball rolling, get the downloads, use them in your life right away, and you'll automatically see your productivity and happiness go up. The payoff's right there. It'll be that fast. And you okay. say that's totally free of charge? Absolutely. Now, just one question. You mentioned on both sides, the givers and the takers, there's these, what, 25 points or what did you call them? 25 dues. dues. The things oh. they do, the things they do. Is there any intersectionality or commonality between the two or are they, you know, opposites or how do they relate? Uh, for the most part, you know, they're the two extremes in explanation. Uh, and what they would do in those instances, they look through because there's 25 of them. And when you see someone's got 13 on one side, <laughs> you're starting to think, OK, they're leaning towards that side. Right. Uh, oh, and gotcha. now by contrast, uh, and I shouldn't say by contrast, but in the third in the second course, which is called the giver's lifestyle, we actually have the 30 habits of givers, which is a little bit different. These are the things they do over and over again, the, ha the their habitual life that you will watch and the 30 things that takers do. That's actually a checklist and. We actually show them, okay, if you see this many, that means this. If you see this many, that means this. Um, and that's uh, actually the 30 habits of givers. And uh, we, I mean, we're, we want people to get this information because all of us and everyone that will listen with your podcast, they're the beneficiaries of this. We all benefit in our personal life. And that's why I recommend everybody that hears this podcast, share altitude adjustment with your giver friends because they have takers in their life and share it with those people who it might be a little sensitive on broaching the subject and help them and provoke some thought that you, you can make, you can be happier. You don't have to settle for everyone's just, you know, out to get me and I don't care when, when, when all by myself, you don't have to settle for that because you can choose your giver community of who you want around you. And altitude adjustment is one of the ways to do it. So, um, you know, the givers and takers scenario, <clears throat> I was, I, I tend to read a lot. Uh, um, and today I was reading an article about gaslighting. And this seems like, like gaslighting by a different name. So it talks about how, you know, people try to, rob you of your power, rob you of your independence, rob you of your happiness um, because they uh, take from you the, the comfortableness of your own judgment. They take from you, um, you know, that, that you're right. They, they're always telling you how you're wrong and things like that. And so um, I've obviously have worked with people who, are takers and the frustrating part of dealing with takers is um, if you try to be subtle that doesn't work if you try to be more forceful then you become a taker um, and and once you become a taker you, you then you then become the problem so you're right. I, we actually say what you're saying. We actually teach that when they say, oh, now who's the taker? What, what they actually did when they use that phrase mm -hmm. right to your point, Leon, when they say, oh, now who's the because you drew a line in the sand and you said, that's it. Right mm -hmm. now, the, then, then you'll hear them say. And, and you know what that is? That's one of the what we call one of the nine ways a taker just got revealed. They reveal themselves to you as a taker the moment they say, now who's the taker? Because they're trying to transfer that guilt, right? So so to draw the line in the sand, we teach people to do that. You want to draw the line in the sand. But one of the best ways also is not have the person on the other side of the line. <laughs> Discern and not be there. <laughs> I, 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 that's a great idea. I just think that in practice, it's difficult because yes, it is. one of the aspects of life is, is that you have to deal with people that you don't necessarily want to deal with, especially in business, especially but how in business. close do we want them? How close do we want them to us? That's where we get to discern. Okay. Yes, you're right. We're going to. But there are a lot of people I do business with. 
that I won't have them in my personal life. I won't have them in my social circle. And they're not a part of my giver community. And I'm very careful of those relationships. And I know the deal, the three D's are going to bring with them. And I keep them at abeyance for that very same reason. And little by little, I look at over time because it is difficult. It's an ongoing struggle. I supplant them with those that are givers over time. Okay. I, it's, I, I've just, I, I, this is great. This is something I wish that I would have encountered when I was in my twenties, when I was in my teens. Me too. Me too. <laughs> because it, it, it would save a lot of heartache and heartburn. Um, one of the things that, that I had to learn and I learned the hard way is you can't change someone. As much as you want, you can't change someone. So change has to come inside of you to move on with your life. And that's, that's, the, that's the lesson I hopefully um, people can start with. The reason that you want to download this podcast, the reason you want to pass on this podcast is because something in you has changed, that you have decided down a different path that you're not you're going to no longer slam your head against walls but that you're going to make active changes to better your world and it comes starts with you that's right uh, and and you bring up a great point because it is true you know clichés are clichés because they're usually true not always but usually but here's one a person changed against their will is of the same opinion still and when they're ready, when they're ready for the change. So use altitude adjustment as a way to help them get ready and to help that mind open and say, you know what? Maybe I could be a little bit happy because I'm not, it's not working for me now. I'm not happy. And my productivity is going down and my stress levels up and all these things are going on. Yes, that's right. And maybe we need to take a look at another way of doing things. You guys are great. And I love your podcast. I love your format and uh, Leon and Warren. Hats off to you, fine gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, your program sounds very, very interesting. I'm going to look into it and uh, see what benefits I can get out of it. So one last question, though. Uh, does uh, being in relationship with um, a person on the other side, say um, uh, take her having uh, a relationship with a giver, is it possible for that uh, person to start see th seeing things different from being within that relationship? Yes. Um, and the best thing the giver can do is lead by example. Uh, you know, lead by example, lead and show the benefits and make sure they're always seeing the benefits of being a giver. And there's very, very tactful ways. We teach this. There's very tactful ways to put the payoff of taking in front of a taker's face so that they begin to understand, ouch, and now I see why, you know, I, mean, I see why that's happening in my life. And our lives become self-fulfilling prophecies because of the things we do in our own lives. We make and create these kinds of things. So the answer is yes, for sure. No one's a giver eternally. No one's a taker eternally. It's an ongoing battle, but it's a great battle when we realize we're not I've been in taker mode. And I had to get myself adjusted and get my head right and get back on that line. And I did a data reset. And, and, and it's an ongoing thing for everyone because it, it can slip up on you really fast, you know, and, and unexpected because of people around us or circumstance or events, whatever. So I can share with you, it's worth it, though. And we need to teach people either way the benefits of teaching people how to discern. We all benefit when that happens. Sure. All right. I want to thank you so very much. Uh, You're I welcome. I enjoyed talking with you this afternoon. It wasn't the conversation I initially expected. And good. I hope that's in a good way. <laughs> that yeah, is, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I hate that guy. Who, who, who's he? Who's he? <laughs> well, um, so I had a different idea of you prior. Um, and, and so I walk away uh, in a different mindset. And so I'm most certainly appreciative of you coming onto the podcast um, because uh, after a while of doing things, I kind of get, I, I could have gotten, or maybe I kind of get a little uh, pessimistic and sometimes I need a pick me up 
so to, easy to, to get do. back to being optimistic. And, and definitely uh, that happened today. So I'm a little more optimistic than I was when I woke up this morning. And that, my friend Leanne, is why we need more givers in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we charge each other up. I want well, to thank you. I'm optimistic after talking with you, EA. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's just oh, been it awesome. Oh, it was truly and my pleasure. For and the listeners, make sure, do everyone in your life a favor. Share altitude adjustment with them. They're going to say thank you because we hope we provoke some thought. And they're going to get some freebie checklists that are going to help them in their life anyway that are usable. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. You have a good day. Welcome. We'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, so please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.